chapters. Take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38, a sermon I've titled, What's Next? Now, I, I want you to also understand probably, and well, I know I had tonight um, uh, something just a little bit different. Uh, it was titled, This Do. And so, this do, I'll tell you what it's about now. Come back tonight. Because <laughs> I'm going to, I realized early in the week I wasn't going to finish this sermon to do the other sermon. And as a matter of fact, this will probably be about four sermons before it's over. Um, and and I, I want you to understand that before I get started. But I think that you'll want to come back in this. And I'll explain some things here in the earlier part of the message and then... We'll really get into it uh, as we go along. But in Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 1 through 6. Now understand, you've got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Those are four books filled with prophetic passages, prophecy, telling us so much. And, and you see it in those books, and Ezekiel is one of those books. And we read here in verse 1. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against them. Let me insert here about this. When you say there's to prophesy against Gog, that is the leader of the land. Against Gog in the land of Magog. That is actually speaking about Russia. But the chief prince of Meshech. Meshech is Moscow and Tubal or Tobolsk. It says, and prophesy against them. Okay, now... You say, what, where do you get this about Russia and Moscow and, and that, Tobolsk? And where, where do you just get this Magog? Actually, it was back, I think it was 1909 or 19, 17, somewhere there, when Schofield came out with his first Bible. The first Bible with his notes in it, should I say. And uh, they have, uh, we call it the old Schofield now. They have a new Schofield that I just, several places I find notes that I just can't agree with. Uh, and it's not Bible, the scripture, the King James I don't agree with. It's their notes I disagree with. But uh, the original C.I. Schofield, actually, he did the research. And uh, following archaeology, uh, found that, yeah, that's what they were. But he wasn't the only one. There were several did that, even in the uh, 1800s, that went back and tried to trace that back and just said, well, this is speaking of Moscow. This is speaking of... Uh, Russia, and, and so they were learning that way back then, and it was in the Bible, uh, oh, well, since the Old Testament, Ezekiel. So it, it's been in there over 2,000 years, okay, a good long time. It was already predicted. It was already written. Now, he goes on in, to say this in verse 3. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech. Now today that would be 
Putin is an individual leader. I am not saying that this Putin is this man. If it all happened today, then it would be Putin. But the person, whoever it will be, is the leader. He is the chief prince of Magog, okay? Of Meshach, should I say, and Tubal. He's the chief prince. He's over both of those. That is one end to the other end. Now, he says in verse 4, And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws. And I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya. With them, uh, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer, that's not pile, by the way, uh, Gomer, and all his bands, the house of Togarma of the north parts, and all their bands, and many people with thee. Now, when we get further, and it won't be this morning, it may not be this evening, probably next week, we'll identify all those lands right there for you. What I'm just saying, that these are things that have already been known. Just The Bible tells us that's, that's enough for me, but archaeology has pretty well confirmed all of these things too with the names that you're seeing there. So I just want you to understand that. That's not, well, there goes another one of those independent fundamental Baptists uh, assigning things to the Bible, it doesn't say, yes, this is what even some of those guys from way, way, way back that weren't really what we are, but in honesty, they could say, okay, this is it. For example, Gomer is referring to Germany. And so that's the way they go back. And, and so I, I will just use that as one example. But let's have a word of prayer before we get started. Father, there is much being said today about what is going on in this world is there going to be war? Some are wondering about, is judgment about to hit? Is the tribulation about to start? Oh, one thing I know is that you know the day or the hour, no man does. But you already have it set. But then also you said that you can look at the sky and tell what the weather's going to be. So there are things that you give us to help us to see, well, this could be. But we are, as Christians, always to be looking for the coming of the Lord. To even pray with John, even so, come Lord Jesus. And yet, Lord, there's a certain thing about that. There may be those that have loved ones, and perhaps all of us do have loved ones who aren't saved, or we're just not sure they're saved. There are others, Lord, that uh, are, are looking at what happens to my loved ones if they die without Christ? Others wondering what's going on in this world. Am I going to die soon? And so, Lord, I pray that as we delve into this message the next few weeks, 
that you would just help give clear understanding. I can't do it, but I know the Holy Spirit can. And if anyone who is listening to my voice, whether it's here in this auditorium or by way of internet or on, on radio, however, Lord, may they come to know Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, because you said, whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. And there's no life for them eternal until they drink of that water. That is the water of his word to convert to Christ, to turn to him, giving their hearts to him. Lord, I pray, I pray that this message would accomplish that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. In the last year of my dad's life, uh, here, his earthly sojourn, you might say, uh, my brother Dick and his wife Lucy took care of him for uh, several years there. They were right there for him night and day. Uh, Janice and I, we uh, would get involved in it uh, some, but not near. We didn't do near what Dick and Lucy did. I mean, they, they really were right there for him. But one of the things that I learned and and Janice, as well as Dick and Lucy, it was at a point where, where there's a doctor's appointment or it's a go to go out to eat or to go do anything. Dad's question was always, okay, what's next? What's next? I, I mean, he'd ask that same question several times. If he was at the doctor's office, you know, they take his blood pressure. Okay, what's next? You know, I mean, he, uh, that was him. And sometimes he wanted to get things done right now. What's next? Okay. So to us, uh, it was, uh, we kind of had the idea, but he wanted to know right then, right now. I can remember even at Christmas time, we'd usually take him over to our house for uh, having all the family there to open Christmas gifts, you know, with all the kids and things like that. He'd be there. And he'd still be saying, there, what's next? What? Who's he? Who's that girl? Uh, that's your great grandkids' dad, you know, or something like that, you know. But uh, uh, but he was he was um, uh, always wanted to be aware. What's next? What's going on? Let me know. And and so uh, it was always that with him. Well, I'm saying that because some looking at the world scene today, you got Russia talking about nuclear battle. I, I, I see Iran, I see Israel with oil, natural gas, Ukraine, oil, natural gas, and I can see Russia wanting to control that. Why? Because it's income, it's income. And a lot of times, that's what's behind all evil. It is a root of it. And so, uh, you see people just concerned. And, and so, they're wondering, what's next? Especially in prophetic uh, circles, what is next? Now, as we as Christians, we have the tendency to say, the next thing on God's uh, calendar is the rapture. And for us Christians, we're talking about the next big major life-changing event for this world. But if there was a nuclear war, 
We call that kind of life-changing. Depression was kind of life-changing in America. Of course, COVID wasn't. Uh, but, but you have that, okay? You just, these are life-changing things that happen. But in God's way, He wants us looking for His coming. To look for His coming means you're prepared for it. You're prepared for His coming. Uh, you're, you're living in Florida, and so you have your way up north Yankee relatives that are going to come down and visit you this summer. But they're also, you're going to want to know when they're coming. You want to have all things ready for when they come. And some may say, well, we'll probably be there sometime in June or July. That doesn't tell you a whole lot, does it? But you want to be prepared for when they come. So you start doing things for when they are going to come. That's what we're doing. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do know he's coming again. So let's be prepared. If God were to take us out right now, am I going to be ashamed or am I going to have confidence that he's appearing as a Christian? Will I hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or will I hear saved so as by fire? So those are things that we have to contemplate when we look at these things prophetically. Now, I suggest, I'm going to suggest this because uh, you'll come up and ask me about 10 times afterwards. And so I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you something you might want to write down right now, okay? That's why we put that pastor's notes in the uh, thing, or should I say the sermon notes in your bulletin. It says sermon notes, a blank piece of paper that you can write on, write things down. Let me just say, in helping you understand this series... Uh, I'm going to give you these uh, things that may help you to understand it as you go throughout the week. I want you to go to the website. Now, we've got a, two or three websites, whether you realize it or not. But the one I want you to go to is www.sermonaudio. Now, all this is one word, S-E-R-M-O-N-A-U-D-I-O dot and then you put a slash in there, which appears usually on your keyboard right under the question mark, okay? Slash C-E-N-T-R-A-L-B-A-P-T-I-S-T. Now, when it takes you to that website, scroll down to, you'll see a, some sermons listed there and things like that, but then there's three little blocks there. One is like sermons by speaker, sermons by uh, series, sermons by Bible. Probably in this case, I'd say click on sermons by Bible. It'll come up and give you all the books. You scroll down until you get to, uh, yeah, get to uh, Psalms 83. So click on the Psalms and you, it'll put up a bunch of numbers. Because you got a, all those chapters in Psalms, so it'll take you, over, there's 150 numbers there. You want to stop at Psalm 83. And then uh, click on it, and you will see, I believe, uh, see about four sermons on there once you put it in. Those four sermons are titled War with Russia. I preached that sermon back in 2009, 
And when I preached that sermon, I even mentioned Ukraine and some problems there with Ukraine and Russia. Okay, so that was back in 2009. I'm not, I'm not a prophet, okay, that foretells what's going to happen. Uh, that's not me. What I'm saying is, the Bible tells us what was going to happen. And so just looking at events of the day and things that I, had, I was privy to, I was able to do that message as led to the Lord. So I remember back when I preached that Psalm 83 series, which I think that was 2011. But the Psalm 83 series, now again, the other sermon, War with Russia, is different than Psalms 83, okay? It'll be with Ezekiel. You can go by that and look it up, uh, or even there's places to type in a title, a word. And you put in Russia, then it'll probably bring, bring up several sermons, but this one is called War with Russia. So if you put that in, that would also work. But having said all of that, I preached Psalm 83, four series of messages on it, and people had not, a lot of people had not heard that before. And so they said, no way. Others said, well, I got in contact with the, where I went to college. I went with this Bible teacher and all that. And they said, no, that's, those things have already happened. And we went through the scriptures. We looked in Isaiah and other places in that series to show what the Bible says is going to happen. And so uh, some said, well, those things happened. Well, there were certain aspects that may have happened, but what it said in its, it was doing did not happen yet. And I'm saying that to say that this may help you to listen to those as you go throughout the week, driving down the road or whatever you do, it may help you to understand what I'm going to be doing here in the next few weeks. And I believe that it could help you. And so, uh, I just, I, that's just an encouragement to do so. Uh, I decided that even though I had people come, all through, you know, when you have a series of four sermons, people come up to you over those four weeks telling you, well, that's not it, that's and they'll come back the second week and they'll tell you, well, I've got a professor. They say, there's no way of that. And, there's, and then I, this uh, guy is a prophecy preacher. He can't agree with that. And that's fine. I go by the Bible, okay? Uh, my professor may disagree with me, but I've got to get the Bible and be convinced by the Word of God. Now, can Andy Bloom ever be wrong on things that he, he has said or all that that he thought? Yeah. Yeah, is there anybody that can't? Jesus Christ can't, but everybody else can. And so I'm just saying that to say that uh, I don't preach things just to say, wow, that's brand new. Matter of fact, usually when somebody says that's new, I go back and look at it again to see if I might have misunderstood something because they'd never heard that before, something like that. I don't want to mislead anybody because I've got to give an account before the Lord. I, I do take that seriously. But whatever it was, uh, we just uh, went ahead and did it, but I think it will help you to understand this series I'm doing. Now, all these sermons I just gave you are Bible prophecies more easily understood, <laughs> I hope, with this series, and I think the war uh, with the Ukraine going on right now and Russia will give you some understanding to listen to it, and you'll hear uh, me mention some of these things that we'll be mentioning uh, 
will be mentioned in those tapes that you'll be listening to, or those recordings, should I say. But now keep it in mind, the tribulation is God's uh, prophecy, God's teaching. It is His Word that tells us about the tribulation. But any prophecy about, is this a sign that the tribulation's about to hit, the rapture's going to hit, and the tribulation's going to start? Prophecies basically revolve around Israel in the Bible. How it affects Israel. Now, could this be involved? Definitely it could. I'm not saying it's not involved. I'm just saying there's an effect that would come back towards Israel. Uh, and, and then, uh, well, there's going to be the seven-year tribulation. At the end thereof, he comes back, and he reigns for a thousand years. And that's the millennial reign. That's called the millennial reign of Christ. And all these things, all these things should be viewed that we'll talk about as it affects Israel. And yet we can see that some of these things are being set up that will show us. For an example, Israel has this great gas and oil discoveries. When that's cutting into Russia and Germany's income, they're concerned about it. If, if the people in Italy and in those areas can get gas and stuff like that from them. Turkey has a big uh, gas thing. They've got a great big thing that's going up uh, towards Russia and so forth. So they keep it going. They keep it going pretty good. And so I'm just letting you know that so that you're aware that those things are in there. And I think they would just help you as you get into this. Now, having said all of that, that you can hear it again if you go to our website tomorrow after in the morning. You'll, you'll see it's already posted. But verse 4 here in our text seems to be something men try to say, well, horses? <laughs> Preacher, are, are you really, do you really believe that? And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws and I will bring thee uh, forth uh, and all thine, uh, the, thine army and horses and horsemen. People don't fight that way. There are some that are believer, Bible believers that have said, well, uh, that was their army and that was their army vehicles, horses and their, their, their metal and so forth they had. So that was what they used for shields and all that. And so that's what it's talking about is modern day jeeps and guns and spears. Don't you see how a spear or an arrow flying through the air could be to them like a, a rocket going through the air, but we can't, they can't see it because they don't know what rockets were back in that day. So you have those people that say those things because they don't want to believe that that's going to be the way the Bible says it's going to be. And so they say, now it can't be that. With the armor and all the stuff that they have, uh, it just doesn't describe modern-day weaponry. But have you ever thought about this? Why do they come against Israel? And why are these battles going on? And about the only thing you see is when Rome, uh, Mystery Babylon, is destroyed in one day. It's like there was a nuclear explosion for that. But before then, 
before then, there seems to have been something, which I believe is in the Psalms 83 era, which is something I think could come even before the rapture, but after the rapture, for sure. But those are things, what I'm saying to you, those are things where nuclear weapons could decide, they could decide, or even what goes on with Russia, nuclear weapons could make a worldwide, worldwide disarmament of nuclear weapons that have to be verifiable. Everything verified and has to be taken care of. And then what would the armies do? They'd be on horses. They'd be on horseback. They'd still have their guns. They'd still have their metal. They'd still have the ways of protecting themselves, but not with those things, you see, that uh, we think of the great bombs and the things of that nature. Now, sometimes because people cannot understand the Word of God or it doesn't fit their logic, then they'll say, no, it can't be that. You see, preacher, if you're saying that, I'm questioning your intellect. Guess what? You're not the first. I even question it a lot of times. So, so uh, you're not the first one to question my intellect, but I do trust God's Word. I do trust God's Word. Now, there are examples in our day of things that men tried to point out about the Bible being wrong. They said, well, you know, things have to be entire, uh, really just interpreted spiritually. If you inter interpret it spiritually, then you don't have to try to get around those things. It's only spiritual, but it's not literal. I remember reading of the writers that had that attitude back in the late 1800s. Some late 1800s, even to the mid-1800s, some in the early 1900s. In Revelation chapter 2, it talks about the two witnesses, God's two witnesses there in Jerusalem after the rapture's taken place, and they're the ones that are witnessing, and all the world hates them. And the Antichrist is able to put them to death, and their dead bodies lie in the street of Jerusalem for three days, and all the world sees them. And so to what they couldn't understand, they tried to explain it away. There will be representatives from each nation, and they'll be in Jerusalem, and they'll see it, and they'll go back and report to their nation what happened. Now, in the 1800s, they were looking at ships going back and forth, so it'd be a while before their others would ever hear about it. See, it wasn't until in the late 1930s, 1939, the World's Fair. Uh, do you remember that, David, the World's Fair, 1939? Okay, uh, but back in the World's Fair, Okay, the introduction TV, you know, scientists were down on that introduction, a lot of scientists, because they said, you know what, the fast-moving, changing pictures and so forth, changing scenes, everything changing so quickly, all of that would learn to gain control of the mind of our young people growing up, and they would lose their ability to think as they ought to. Boy, that's in the 1930s. They were pointing out things that could happen. But... In 1969, we saw on TV, live, 
man landing on the moon. We remember, I remember watching that. I remember watching President Nixon in the 1970s landing in China before the Wuhan, okay? And, and he, land, he, he landed there, and we all saw it. Now we know that this thing that a lot of people scoffed back in the 1800s and early 1900s, we know why I can do it. They didn't have that insight. So just saying that can't happen, an army coming against Israel with all these horses, it can happen in today and be successful. That's because we are thinking only in our understanding and not in God's truth. We don't have to make it logical to our mind. We must say, I believe God. I don't know how, if I'm back in the 19, early 1900s, late 1800s, say that everybody will be able to see it, but I know they will. So when God says this, I know that God's going to do His will, His way, in His timing. Always will He do it. I don't know the day or the hour. You don't know the day or the hour. But we can know that it is near, yea, even at the door. So these are things that were said even way back then when you have this going on with Jerusalem. Now, being able to see all of these things that the Bible has told us about, there are some things you've got to understand. My salvation came not by my work, not by doing the best I can, but by faith in the Word of God that he would not lie to me. You know, Brother Woodard pointed out in our Sunday school class about not being good enough or, you know, well, I've, I've worked, I've really worked, you know, I've been good, there's no reason I shouldn't be accepted. And we have people said that, we've heard of people saying that. But really, you know what we're measured out? Because what we have as an idea of good may not be what God says is good. See? So, if you want to measure something, God does actually give us a measure. He really does. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Jesus Christ. So, what you have to do is be able to be equal with Jesus Christ, who never sinned one time. Never one time did he sin. He never had an evil thought. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. I mean, just through all those scriptures that are there. He didn't do any of it. Now, can you say you've never sinned in your lifetime uh, by what God identifies sin, not by what you identify as sin? No, you can't. I can't either. Jesus is the measure. So, if you can't measure up, and if you can't do what he did, I mean, what did he do? He died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, he rose up from the dead. So, if I'm going to do what Jesus did, then I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried, and then three days later, I'm going to raise up from the dead myself. Then I'm going to send into heaven. Of course, one problem with that is, is that the price for my sin was blood, but it had to be sinless blood. I would not have sinless blood. It would not be accepted at that great mercy seat of heaven. And so I could not even, if I could ascend up into heaven on my own, apply that blood. And people say, well, are you sure he ascended up into heaven? Well, I don't, you know, when you think about over 500 witnesses saw him after he rose up from the dead, 
and then you see a group standing on a mountain watching him ascend up into heaven in a cloud. Uh, why do you want to call all of them liars? Well, that happened in history. Okay, that happened in history. And so how can we know that? Okay. Did anybody get a picture of Abraham Lincoln being shot? See, that's a bunch of baloney then. He didn't get shot. He didn't die back then. What's wrong with y'all? You say, Pastor, come on, that's stupid. I know, it's just the stupidest people saying he didn't raise from the dead, that he didn't ascend up into heaven. You see, you either believe God or you don't, and you accept by faith. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the only way into heaven. There is no other way. So the question comes back to this. Do you know by the Word of God? Because what I've told you here already, I identified who Russia is with Magog and Gog and, and, and that. I even told you Gomer was uh, Germany. All of that by a man was said, okay, this, we, we've been able to trace it in archaeology, and that's true. <laughs> it's true before they traced it. But, but we have that. We have that. We know that. By the Word of God. When Jesus comes back, He's going to come back to where? He's going to reign to the, on this earth, but He's going to where? Israel. Bethlehem. No, Jerusalem, the city of David. He came the first time to Bethlehem. This time he's coming to Jerusalem, where he will rule and reign. But my question to you is, is this. He said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then he added, and the wages, what we've earned, wages is what you've earned, that's what you have coming to you. The wages of sin didn't say big sin, a whole lot of sin. Oh, that kind of a sin. No. The wages of sin. I mean, Adam and Eve were told not to eat of the fruit of a tree. Have you ever told your kids, uh, don't take that candy now for lunch? And they went and got a piece of candy, do you kill them? Jesus said, God said, in the, eight, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. But see, Adam's body didn't die for over 900 years. Over 930 years he didn't die. What do you mean the day that he ate thereof you shall surely die? The day he ate of that fruit, the word death means, meaning separation, his spirit was separated from God. For till then daily he would meet him in the garden and he'd hear the voice of God. And they would talk. Separated from God, with a spirit that's doomed for the lake of fire that was going to be prepared for the devil and his angels, hell prepared for them. And now, Adam, because he sinned, tempted Eve, and then Adam knowingly gave in, both sinned. Satan purchased their spirits to the point that they would have to be with him in hell unless a ransom for their soul was paid. That ransom required perfect blood. That blood was the blood of Jesus Christ, for it was without sin. 
He ransomed me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We sing, and I'm sure we'll sing this again at Easter, and we'll try to close up with this. The optic word is try. But I'm going to oh, try to close up with this. At Easter we sing that old familiar hymn. Lo, in the grave he lay. Jesus, my Savior. Awaiting that, that coming day. When's that day going to be? Waiting that coming day. That sounds so hopeless. Jesus, my Lord, in the grave. Up from the grave he arose. He said, wow, don't scare me like, but no, I want you to see the, that's what it is. That's the suddenness of it. That's the power of it. I love the song because it shows the power of the resurrection. He had the power to raise bodily physically from the dead. He had the power to ascend on high. He had the holiness to be able to apply his own blood because the Bible says the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood, but it had to be the right kind of blood. It was his blood, and so my eternal life is in his blood. It's through the cleansing of blood that we, I mean, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That is no repentance, Hebrews tells us. First John tells us that he cleanses us from our sin in his own blood. So I ask you, have you received him as your Lord and Savior? John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, and not of blood. You're not born a Christian. You never were. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Well, boy, I'm going to work hard. and Boy, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be religious. I'm going to give. I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And no, it's not going to do it. You need a cleansing by the blood of Jesus. Neither by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man. Hey, we'll figure this out. Don't you worry. We'll figure this out, and we'll get you there. Just, you don't have to get in all that religious stuff. They call it, you know, religious stuff. And that's, that, that reveals what they are. When they say religious stuff, they're talking about they don't know the Lord. They don't know the Word. They don't know righteousness. So I'm asking you, was there a day that you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Can you give a Bible reason that you know that if you die today that heaven's your home? And Christian? You can say, I believe that. Yeah, I know that. I'm so sure of it. I, I believe Jesus is coming again. Do you really believe Jesus is coming again? And what's it going to be like then to see him? Jesus, the Lord of harvest. And we're caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. But we stand before he, empty-handed, 
We didn't witness. We didn't even try to get the unsaved church to hear the gospel. We didn't give them a gospel track that they might hear the gospel. We didn't talk to them about their soul. And Jesus, Lord of harvest, the reaping is done. We reapers taken home. What will you have for Jesus? Did you try? We're to turn them to righteousness. They must make the decision to receive it. But if we don't turn them to righteousness, don't expect them to get saved. America, yeah, I'd like to change some of the things about government, government leaders and so forth, but I'd really like to change the status of our sin and have this nation come what God have to be. And that starts with us not getting America to change its government. We get it to start by getting souls saved throughout America. Are you prepared to meet the Lord? Maybe today my Lord will come for me. Maybe today my Savior I shall see. Maybe today I will go home. Maybe today. Are you ready? Let's bow our heads, please.